Okay, let's get the most obvious part out of the way first. Brush up your Shakespeare. Start quoting him now. Brush up your Shakespeare. And the women you will wow. Kiss Me Kate is back on Broadway, and you have to wonder, these days, just how do you make that work? Better mention the merchant of Venice, when her sweet pound of flesh you would menace. If her virtue at first she defends well, just remind her that all's well that ends well. And if still she won't give you a bonus, you know what Venus got from Adonis. From the Folger Shakespeare Library, this is Shakespeare Unlimited. I'm Michael Whitmore, the Folger's director. There haven't been a lot of successful American musicals based on Shakespeare. Kiss Me Kate is arguably the best known. It premiered on Broadway in 1948. The story of a battling, divorced couple working to stage a musical production of The Taming of the Shrew featured a book by Bella and Samuel Spiewak and more importantly, memorable songs by Cole Porter. It's too darn hot. It's too darn hot. I'd like to stop for my baby tonight. But let's be honest. In an era when Shakespeare theaters are antsy about staging the taming of the shrew, how does Broadway manage to pull off a musical with lyrics like this? If her knees now and then should knock, if her eyes were a wee bit crossed, was she wearing the hair she'd lost? Still the damsel on make my dame. In the dark they are all the same. I've come. It's a tightrope, but one the producers and the creative team have been willing to walk. We hear about all that now in a conversation with Amanda Green and Will Chase. Amanda is the daughter of the famous Broadway lyricist Adolf Green, and she was a key decision maker when it came to updating the book and lyrics. Will Chase plays the role of Fred Graham and also Petruchio in Kiss Me Kate's Show Within a Show production of The Taming of the Shrew. We call this podcast My Horse, My Ox, My Ass, My Anything. Amanda and Will are interviewed by Barbara Bogate. You know, I'm really interested in, to know when it started dawning on all of you what a potentially problematic show this is, <laughs> Kiss Me Kate. You know, how well did you know the script? And I'm going to start with you, Will. Well, it dawned on me in 1948. No, um, <laughs> um, uh, from the get-go, you know, you did. we did the uh, concert. And, you know, you do these galas, one-offs, and you're kind of celebrating the show, but you're celebrating the theater, roundabout, and all that. And then people start talking about, well, I think it's got legs for Broadway, and this and that and the other thing. And and I've always loved this score, but, of course, there are, you know, potential pitfalls whenever you're doing – even if you're doing Taming of the Shrew or, or Kiss Me Kate. Cause right. You, they're so intertwined. Yeah, really. you And can't, you have to consider both. And as you say, Kiss Me Kate is terribly problematic. I mean, not Kiss Me Kate. Uh, Taming sure, of the Shrew yeah, is. Yeah. And, Amanda, I want to ask this question of you, too, how well mm-hmm. you knew Taming of the Shrew. But I do know you come from this legendary theater family. I uh, do, and yes. And, I, you know, my dad was writing musicals in the same era. Uh, and I grew up— Adolph Green. Adolph Green and uh, his partner, Betty Compton. And uh, I grew up around 
these musicals knowing them, but uh, Kiss Me Kate was not on heavy rotation in our house. It, uh, nevertheless, I, I knew all the songs. Right. I don't and know just how to, I know them. I know, <laughs> you know. And just to remind people, Adolph Green, your father, with Betty Comden, did Annie Mame and Singing in the Rain and On the Town. I mean, just, yeah. just and, and, and yes. then Phyllis Newman, your mother, is, is Tony Award winning Broadway actress yes. and singer. Mm-hmm. And come to think of it, Kiss Me Kate has its origins also in this old theater legend about Alfred Lunt and Lynn Fontaine, mm-hmm. a, another legendary yeah. Yeah. couple uh, doing Taming of the Shrew on Broadway. Which one of you knows that story? Because I, I don't know more than what I just said. What, the, the Lunt Fontaine? Yes. Just, what, you mean how Kiss Me Kate came out of that? Yes. Because, well, there's differing, you know, there's differing stuff about the Speewax. In ge- I mean, in fact, um, who's the, who was the producer that worked with them to try to get them to write it? Because some people say it's more about the Speedwax. Well, they were they were <laughs> separated while they were writing it, and actually, uh, it, there was an article that came out recently in the I think it's American Theater Magazine. I'm sorry if I get it wrong, but um, that really Bella Speedwax wrote the lion's share of it, and. At the end, they said, we can't just have your name on it. Nobody wants just your name, <laughs> which is lovely. So yeah. that they um, were the fighting pair. The yeah, well, pair they were just that... not in each other's lives. So I, I, she's, she actually wrote The Lion's Share, and I think her husband did, um, you know, the gangsters and did, you know, punched up the gangsters. Right. Um, so, yeah, they they come with their own But the Lone Fontaine thing was, you know, it was legendary. in the lore and legendary. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it all feeds that. And they were at each other's throats, I'm gathering. Oh, yeah. Like, and the shrews, uh, they and would, the shrews they would do, the Taming of the Shrews, you know, it was cut down to just those kind of, you know, those, those grew legendary, those performances of, of, the, of the taming. Of the slapstick. <laughs> of the beating and, and that stuff, yeah. Uh. And to where... I think that's followed every kind of production of Kiss Me Kate, certainly, and even productions of Taming of the Shrew for the longest time. There were just, I think people forgot to explore the piece and just did what was fashionable. And what was fashionable was these people beating the crap out of each other and the slapstick stuff. And then once you go back inside both pieces, you go, oh, wait a second. The There's text, more that's the text doesn't necessarily. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, or, or I would even argue the text in both kind of supports... What we're what we're trying to get at, which is there isn't there is a love story in there somewhere. So Amanda, they, the production brought you on to to think about all of this. So what jumped right out at you as uh, an issue right away, and what came as a slower burn? You know that uh, you didn't realize. I was looking. At, I was asked to look at both the book and the lyrics, and mostly the book because um, the uh, Porter Estate is is rightfully so very protective of Cole Porter's legacy. Oh, sure, I was going to ask um, you about that. So, I mean, what jumped out at me was you know I I read through it several times, and then many many more times after that, and I I watched the movie and. Um, when you watch the movie as a as a woman, I just you have moments that make you go ooh, and you you don't like the way you feel for this character for the woman, and you don't like him. It goes from being this fun, you know, two big egos clashing that you love watching to all of a sudden you go ooh, I don't like that. Oh, I feel bad for her. Oh, he's a jerk. In a, in a way that is it drops you out of this fun 
thing. So it was easy to identify the most uh, egregious examples of that. The spanking, I'm assuming you're talking about. The spanking. You know, women should be struck regularly like a gong. Uh, Oh, (laughs) for instance. For instance. (laughs) Um, Just off the top of your head. Just off the top of my head. And and the feeling that she was, uh, yeah, after the spanking, you just go like, and everybody's like, well, come on. You know, they're forcing her through this thing. She feels a little trapped, you know. Oh, and and the hostage taking even by the the gangsters does not become funny. Yeah, it's or not fun. fun. And no. then, of course, I mean, I, I listened through the score uh, several times, and there were lyrics that jumped out. One that we did change, that Will and I both came to an agreement that we had to change. And but, you're referring to the song at the end. Well, no, th- oh. it was just uh, one lyric in um, I've Come to Wive It Wealthily in Padua. I've come to wive it wealthily in Padua. If wealthily, then happily in Padua. Well, uh, at the very end, he says, um, if she, uh, fight, uh, if she yeah. fight like a raging boar, and the original ly- lyric is, I have oft stuck a pig before. So did you change it? We did. And what did you change it to? If she roar like the winter breeze on the rough Adriatic seas, if she scream like a teething brat, if she scratch like a tiger cat, if she fight like a raging boar, I have oft been a boar before. To wive it wealthily in Padua. He's a yeah jerk, but it's still in the realm of like, okay, that's his attitude. He's got a swaggering machismo. And then Kate's going to take him to task yeah, eventually anyway. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But it doesn't take us out in that weird aesthetic way as an audience member going, oh, oh it's yeah. going to be that. It's almost, I mean, dare I say, I mean, it's almost like, it's not like it, but it's it's the same thing as having the N-word in a script. I agree. Yeah. That's like, says, oh, yeah. there's no need for that in this telling of this play. And then at the end, there's right. a song called I Am Ashamed That Women Are So Simple, and I just, I could not see any way around it, but uh, rewriting. I am ashamed that people are so simple. The song is a Shakespeare, you know, Shakespeare's text set to music about, you know, why a woman should bow to her husband. Why is her body soft and weak and smooth and she doesn't have an apt to toil and trouble in the world, you know, and she was bound to serve, love, and obey. And since she doesn't have to work, then her internal part should match her soft external parts. So thank you, know, you Shakespeare. Thank, thank you, you Shakespeare. Amanda. You know, <laughs> so that wasn't just that just was couldn't fly. Why are our bodies finite, bound for dust? The time we share so brief and yet so not to teach our proud and stubborn hearts to love the best we can while we are here. And um, since it was Shakespeare and uh, his copyright is not <laughs> he's in the public domain, well, they were okay with that. But also I think they see that. I think it's just very problematic and and uh well they it, also too in the original you know in, in the kiss me kate rather of yeah. it 
We don't go into Kate's speech nearly, obviously, as much as Shakespeare goes into Kate's speech, and that Kate's speech is notorious. Every actress plays it completely different. Is there a wink? Is it sad and Petruchio realize? You know, it's all these things. That doesn't happen in Kiss Me, Kate. It's, you know, two stanzas long, and it's kind of like, oh, that that's, doesn't kind of fit. That's the takeaway? Right. Uh, she comes back, and, and they, it's like, they're what? reunited. <laughs> and then she's like, I'm, can I swear on here? Yeah. I'm a piece of let me, let me, you know, I think what I've learned is that I'm a weakling and I should bow before you. And you're right. like, that's not the lesson. No, I mean, it is very confusing. Yeah. And, yeah. I don't, and I don't think with these new lyrics that it's whitewashed in any way because I say to her, I, Kate, I charge thee, instead of saying, Kate, I charge thee, tell these headstrong women what duty they do owe their husbands. I say, Kate, tell these headstrong lovers, including the audience, myself and everyone, what duty they do owe their mates. And then she sings this lovely verse about... And humbly put your hand beneath the sole of your lover's foot In token of which duty, if he please, my hand is ready Should, you should both submit to each other. You should other. both submit to each other and, and you know, This is such an interesting process because you had to deal with, do we sh- do we change Shakespeare? Right. Yeah. Do we? Yes, because we can. Yeah. You know? <laughs> do you change Cole Porter? No, because of copyright. And then you have these other potential minefield lines that come straight out yeah. of Shakespeare that are in the play still, right. Baptista, for instance, uh, Kate and Bianca's father comes out and has the line, woo her, wed her, and better, right. and rid the house of her. Right. I saw the, the last night, Kiss Me Kate, uh, with my 24-year-old daughter, yeah. and she was – her eyes were just like saucers. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. When that this, line came. She doesn't know the play. She she knows Taming of the Shrew, but she yeah. doesn't know Kiss Me Kate. And she just, she was utterly astounded. In, in, <laughs> by that language? Yes, by that language, by by a number of those Well, we, so, we softened. I actually wanted to get bed her taken out, but uh, I was uh, pushed back against that. So you were fighting these good For fights, For wooed right? her, wed her, and rid my house of her. You know, it's still, instead of, but I, I actually, I have to say, I like the rhythm of wooed her, wed her, and bed her. I mean, I just, but, I, but, I've gotten, I've, I don't know whether I'm, well, that, I have Stockholm Syndrome, but I really <laughs> like that line. That, that, that though, is great, because I was going to ask you if you there are all sorts of problems with changing lyrics with rhythm right what are your considerations because there's another uh, lyric that I thought really stood out which is if my wife has a bag of gold do I care if the bag be old well, of course, and we talked about specifically that line, which she when we when we first started changing things, that one was one that was changed, and I fought it on terms of rhythm and scansion because I can't remember what you'd offered, and I'm sure it was great. And my trip too with the the if the Shakespeare and Kiss Me Kate is still kind of I hate this word purist, but it's still there. I think it's okay because we're not upholding that as this is the way it should be. When we get off stage and we go to Fred and Lily, 
then I'm more interested in that. I'm more interested in how these two relate to each other. And we wanted to find the differences between Petruchio Kate slash Fred and Lily, where every production I've ever seen, it's, oh, well, you thought that was, you thought they went at each other's throats as Kate and Petruchio. Well, watch this offstage. And, and that just becomes uninteresting to me. And in yeah. fact, if you look at some of the old versions of Kiss Me, Kate, they were constantly almost transcribing some of the Shakespeare Well, that in. was a really interesting thing. One of the things was that um, the the very way they wrote Kiss Me, Kate, was sexist in itself in that Petruchio, the character of Petruchio gets wonderful language and the character of Catherine gets, you know, throwing <laughs> flower pots and screaming. Oh, yeah, she hardly says anything. Hardly says a thing. And, and <laughs> Kelly was like, why do I uh, – I don't want to enter throwing flower pots. And so we went through and – And added some and added, Catherine lines, yeah. Added some witty, you know, trenchant lines of Catherine's back in and added more language for her to use so she can use her words and not just be a feral – you know, beast. <laughs> and I think it's interesting, too, that the, the final speech is Shakespeare. And there have been people that have been, you shouldn't change this Shakespeare. But Cole Porter, throughout the entire show, other than that song, <laughs> has changed, I mean, in a great way. And borrows. From, well, borrows, borrows but he, he has a song about I hate men and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, this last precious song, I'm like, well, no, I think he would actually applaud. Right. I think he would applaud this. Only because you know? I think it helps. But I also, in, in uh, the thing about... A bag of gold, and oh, yeah. who cares if the bag is old? And and even woo her, wed her, and better. By the time she gets to, I hate men. There is like such a, a oh yeah, a release from the yeah. women and the audience well, yes, and identification. That, you hear it. You hear and, that. And oh. it's it's a release, which yes. I don't. I haven't seen that many productions of it before, so I don't know if it gets that release. But I feel like. It's a release for the well, women, and they get to say thank you. Yes, you know. Yes, and she delivers that line. Yes. I hate men so well. Right and before she does the song, yes. and the song, and Beautiful. the song, which Amazing. is usually a yeah. banshee, ray, uh, shrewish, sullen. And exactly. Kelly does this great version of. By the way, I hate men. I can't abide them even now and then. Than ever marry one of them I'd rest a virgin rather For husbands are a boring lot And only give you bother Of course, I'm awfully glad That mother had to marry father But I hate men do you know what I mean? Which is both that very... was something we talked about a lot, and, and we're very conscious about wanting a different approach to that song. If thou shouldst wed a businessman, be wary, oh, be wary. He'll tell you he's detained in town on business necessary. His business is the business which he gives his secretary. Cole Porter wrote very witty lyrics, and usually they're buried beneath this wash of sullen anger. Yeah. Yes. So you don't hear the smart woman, you know, very pointedly bringing up fantastic points about why she is fed up with men. You know? Oh, that's really interesting. And that brings me to another thing, which is I wanted to ask you, Will, mm -hmm. what you kind of base your Taming of the Shrew uh, performance. On I think it, you know what the conversation. Uh, uh, well, in the uh, Scott production. and I again. The Scott and I over the year and a half, we wanted to make. I, I kept saying, well, 
again, the productions I've seen is it's not the greatest production. Uh, Fred's production is not the greatest musical in the world, the greatest production of Taming of the Shrew, and the actors aren't up to snuff necessarily. And we were like, there's nothing in the text that says it's that. So why don't we make Fred a great director, make him a wonderful Shakespearean actor, make these other actors he's gotten on board, they've rehearsed for four weeks, let's make them all pretty damn good. Let's put on a good show. Um, And so what it does is it allows the Shakespeare to be done, I think, in a way that you have Baptista and these people saying these things. And then we have to come back to some kind of reality of, but wait, what about these two egos here? And we still have the conceit of jealousy, which is, you know, it's still predicated on Lily gets jealous of Fred. But what is it about these two? They have, they want to be around each other at the end of the day as opposed to they want to kill each other. Why do they want to be there? Why do they want to be in love? Or do they want to be in love? Why does Fred want to stay with her? Or why does she come back? And I think that allowed my Petruchio, I think it allows me to then play Petruchio to the full uh, Hilt, we have a thing where we call the red uh, – we oh, have a red yeah. show and a blue show. So the blue show would have been what was supposed to happen if I hadn't sent uh, – if she hadn't gotten the flowers and the card and that w- – what would have been the normal Taming of the Shrew musical, right? Then everything goes awry because she finds the note and then every scene is colored by that because she's coming in as Lily pissed at Fred. So it changes everybody's reactions. It changes their fight, their normal Kate Petruchio fight, which might be two hits, has now become uh, him, her kicking my butt. And so it's constantly Fred and Lily, deal- Fred especially, dealing with, I'm still doing this damn play. But I've got this, <laughs> but I've got my former lover who's really angry with me. Can we just get through the night? So it's this dual. <laughs> which is really the. Which I think is the, the, is the mayhem and fun yeah. of yes. the show. Well, let me ask you this because mm-hmm. the fight we haven't really talked about. And the fight is very different than yeah. what I remember from the movie. And the, fi- and, and the last revival, too. Yeah. Yes, yes. So oh, it's such delicious fun. Yeah. The fight does not include the spanking, <laughs> right. which kind of is a little confusing because the scenes that hang on her butt being sore. Well, are, we we made very work. sure that she landed on her butt and got kicked in her butt oh, so that she, she got would... kicked. Yes, my daughter pointed out to yeah, me later. She gets yeah. kicked and she falls. So yeah, no, that. we definitely wanted to So that we, explains we, that. We were, yeah. But what was how are you weighing in on the fight? I think we were all very much on the same page from the beginning, which is we do not want no her hum- no spanking. And if she gets if her butt is sore, I mean, Fred does kick her, but it's, you know, nine kicks to one, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because so she's she, really beating him she's up. She's really beating <laughs> yeah. him up. She's really mad. And the final coup de grace is not her being taken over his knee, but going to give him a real whack and falling, you know. So it's her own self, you know, she's caused it to herself. Right. So it's, you know, I mean, they're both silly and, you know, and her pride definitely gets bruised and her bottom gets bruised, but she is not put in her place by a man. Okay. How did you block that? And how well, do you choreograph we, that? Because the fight scenes Because we knew originally, I mean, we knew day one of, before we even had rehearsals and the, um, Scott and Amanda and Kelly and I got together, we knew there'd be no spanking. Uh, just because it was kind of primitive. And I mean, it's so funny to me that the posters for the movie and the original production know, are, are her you over can't see me like, in, ha, out there ha, in the ha, world, ha, but ha. it's this hand raise. Anyway, so we said, how are we going to do this? Well, it's going to be in this fight. In this fight, Rick Sordale. You guys spent a month. Yeah. We, a month. A month. And it used to be fight. a very – we went from setting up a language of slaps and kicks and things to where – I mean, the fight maybe on one day 
back in the studio lasted probably five minutes. And it, it had, was so long. It had her picking up a, a bench and about to like crush my skull. So then Scott yeah. kept going, okay, how do we make this Let's in the reality of the yeah. show? Yeah. And, and so we, we whittled it down to, because Kate in particular, our, our, you know, in true, are, vi- are violent with each other to a point. Right. Oh, yeah. She gets in some licks. So we wanted yeah. to, again, blue show. What would have blue show have been? What I would've... keep thinking you're saying it's a blue show, like a, oh. like, like an after hour. Oh, like a, <laughs> what would the blue X version of Kiss Me Kate be? No, uh, blue and red. The the normal show, what would it, the, the, the violence have been? Well, now it's up to by 10. And so once we got this language and her going over the shoulder and upside down, we knew that would be funny. And Scott kept saying to me, we have to, it's this fine line between the audience and Knowing Will, the actor, is not getting hurt. Kelly, the actress, is not getting hurt because it's still musical comedy. It's not like we're a Martin McDonough play. <laughs> do you know where, like, uh, do they hire a new Blood cast story. every night? Yeah. Um, but, uh, but that we also are storytelling with, oh, that's why his butt hurts from the kicks. That's why her butt hurts from the kicks. And even to the point where maybe Lily's doesn't. Really, but she certainly acts like it does. Well, that's oh, what my daughter said. He yeah, beat me. Very, How dare? Well, we definitely wanted that those lines to read. He beat me to be like, no, he didn't. You want the audience <laughs> to be like, come on. Now. Oh, that's interesting because she read that as though it's getting into some weird false um, accusation thing where you don't believe right. the woman. And <laughs> oh, right, yeah. right. Oh, well, well. We, that, no, we just we what we didn't want was the audience to worry for her. Let me ask you this. Um, I think the idea or what I sense watching the show is that both um, Mm -hmm. people, Lily and Fred, change. Yeah. You want both of these people to change. And that's the parody that you're working towards. Yeah. How does Fred change? Uh, Well, you know. How does he become more woke? (laughs) Well, I I think it's the moment. You know, again, I think uh, Scott kept telling us in rehearsals, you know, we're still doing Kiss Me, Kate. You know, we'd, we'd have these long uh, especially Kelly has the brunt of having to work through this story that's still predicated on her getting the wrong flowers and being jealous. K- Scott kept going, that's the conceit of the piece. Um, I think they change. Be- I think we set up from the beginning in that first scene with, with Fred and Lily when they do Wunderbar. It was right after we closed on the road in that little British makeshift of an operetta that for some reason was laid in Switzerland. Oh, there was a waltz in it, remember? No. What was it? <laughs> yeah, madame, you look ravishing tonight. You have made me the happiest of men. Your Highness, wunderbar, wunderbar, wunderbar. There's a favorite star above. What a bright shining star! Which is usually done as this competitive, oh, you can sing high, I can sing high. We're doing this memory of when we were in love. And I think there's a I think there's a lovely moment there that was because it's set up at the beginning. Say you care for you madly. Say you long for your kiss. Do you swear? Darling gladly. And you're mine, dear. Wunderbar, wunderbar. And we get back in the room and we're almost to a kiss. Fred and Lily are almost to a kiss. And they're interrupted, of course. And you're like, oh, oh, 
they belong together. Despite the fact that they probably throw dishes at each other at home, they do love each other. And so the yearning for that, for Fred, I mean, I think there's some jealousy there. She's a movie star. He wants to be a movie star. He wants this to be a great production. Um, And I think by the time he goes and says, you know, you can't walk out on me now. She says, you walked out on me once. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's real. That's real messy stuff. That's not Fred and Lily playing this game with each other. That's real comment. And he says, I came back. And I think that sticks with her. And then she, when she comes back, I say, you came back. And, and she uh, says, the I simplest, did. The simplest thing in the world, yes, I did. You but know? It, I, it, the original thing, though, it, Fred said, I thought I sensed a new humility, a new softness <laughs> in you. And you're like, boo, you know. <laughs> so right. we changed that. So he says, please don't go. You know, I, I think Fred, correct me if I'm wrong, but you certainly acted that way, that, you know, he's making himself vulnerable. Vulnerability, saying, I yes. Want you to, I don't want you to go. And in great right. musical theater fashion and in Shakespeare fashion, she leaves and he shares this vulnerable moment with the audience, or rather yeah. by himself, but in a, in a soliloquy way rather than, and you, and you go, oh, if only she heard this. Right. And that's the right. great thing when she comes back. Thank you. Shakespeare. <laughs> Shakespeare podcast lightning round yeah. of the Shakespeare ding, questions ding, 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 ding. <laughs> to, to, to end the conversation. Um, <laughs> Considering just all the thinking that you had to do, all of you, uh, to stage this play without causing a Twitter storm, what is your thinking about The Taming of the Shrew after doing this? Is that a play? (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, it's kind of – it's an anomaly to me because he usually is not an – I mean, he's really writes such wonderful, strong women. And Kate is a wonderful, strong woman. But that – the the whole message of it is untenable. I don't get it. I'm not a fan. I mean, it's not his language. I'm not a fan of. Of course, you're it's not gorgeous. alone. I know. Yeah. Um, so, and I, scholars have you know who are much more scholarly than I have found ways into it. See, I, I, so I'm of the opposite ilk. Okay. I, and, and not categorically. I I would obviously he was not a feminist. He wouldn't have known what that is. No. But again. I mean, it, we've got to remember the framework of Shrew along with the framework, even though Cole Porter and Spiewak tried to do a framing device, meaning show within a show. He set up this thing, even though he doesn't frame it at the end, he sets up Shrew with this, we're going to tell this taming tale. And he still makes these men to look like idiots. Even though Petruchio is a, it's not a, a, exactly an equal opportunity, but there is parody. Right. Exactly, some parody I'm not there. saying he's right. feminist in that, but Kate nobody is comes off the looking shrew. so great. And if there's a shrew, shrew for uh, this horrible lack of a better horrible word, it's Bianca, and it's not Kate. You know, Kelly even points out that Kate's her strong character in this, not Lily. Kate's the one where she gets to be strong, feminist, smart, independent, but smart. Yes, and I think in I think Petruchio is a match for Kate. The way he goes about it, totally, completely, totally wrong. But oh, she's met a man who can match her wits. You know that great scene they have with the uh, combless cock. She'll Kate. She'll yes. be my hand. All these sexual references, animal references, all this stuff. I think she. They play. I, so I think they're. Yes, they, they do. do. And yeah, it's a great. There's a great do. love moment in Shrew. Not great. There's a little love when moment he calls where, her my chattel, my ox. No, my, no. <laughs> oh yeah, no. your favorite. Yeah, no, sure. when he asks her to kiss him in the street. Oh. After he says, it's the sun. No, it's not the sun. It's the moon. Oh, it's the moon. And he asked her to kiss him in the street. And she says, right out here in front of everybody. And he goes, you, what, am I not? What? I think that's the trick to diving into that piece. And I think the trick for diving into our piece is the love story. I think, otherwise, I think there is something there. 
doesn't change that. <laughs> she has to do that speech at the end. Well, which Will I'm... Shakespeare will be glad to hear that from <laughs> so, Will Chase. Again, he's doing just fine. <laughs> yeah, right. I think he's. I think he's made it. Okay, second second Shakespeare question. Okay, as you know, uh, I, I I came into town originally to interview Glenda Jackson for for Lear mm-hmm. uh, on Broadway, which we did, and also Taylor Mac. With oh, his yes. sequel to Gary. Titus, yeah, oh, right, yeah, right. to Titus Andronicus, scary. And thinking of that, and thinking of the Lunts doing Taming of the Shrew in 1935, what's your thinking as Broadway professionals, mm-hmm. two of you here, about where Shakespeare stands these days on Broadway? I mean, there's a three solid, pretty yeah. solid Shakespeare shows at once on Broadway. So <laughs> is is this big box office for a well, I mean, any any great actor doing Shakespeare, you know, is always a draw and always a, and and I think t- to me again, there's just there's stuff in the text, and you mentioned Lear, and you mentioned you know you talk about some strong women, and I mean, yeah, I you thought know. I thought actually you might say that it's the times, the uncertain political times that oh. gives give, oh. gives Shakespeare this. Agency on Broadway. I think he always. Added. I think has he always agency. has it. I, I agree. I yeah. think there's always. But it's a, not considered boffo box. Oh, probably not. Well, yes. it is uncertain. You know, you want to. I mean, if Adam Driver Jackson does Hamlet, I bet Lear. it's a draw. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, but people endlessly, you know, find ways to use and adapt Shakespeare. You know, Twelfth Night was done as a musical by Shana Taub, and the park was so much fun, and and. Um, Two Gentlemen of Verona musical is one of my favorite musicals as a oh, kid. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, people will. I mean, he's a, he's an endless source of of going into both the text as it is and people reinventing it and and taking it as a jumping off point. So, last thought: uh, Was there anything that you really you really wanted to, to change and you couldn't, and it bugs you every night? You pull out a list. Brush up your Shakespeare. If she fights with her clothes, you a mustn't. What a close much ado about nothing. Some of the lyrics are are are, are uh, some some most of the lyrics. I feel are, like every yeah there are some well not all but there are some that are really like you know it's all good fun and again clever 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 but it's all like if she says your behavior is heinous kick her right in the karyomenus brush up your Shakespeare and they'll all how how you tell her who's boss that is you the know, rapiest Shakespeare for, song for me yeah. yeah for me in Kiss Me Kate and especially our production. I feel like that song, because that's not Taming of the Shrew. Mm -hmm. The Taming of the Shrew stuff I give a pass to because I think they're going to be – we're doing this play, but the real story is about Fred and Lily and all this other stuff, right? So we're doing Taming of the Shrew the best we can. That one, like you just said, I mean it's – Reference after reference after reference. And yes, at that point in the evening, we're giving these characters or pass and all that. But I'm up in my dressing room getting ready to come down. And the lyrics are like, oh, God. oh, yeah. it's that. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> sweet pound of flesh you would menace. You know, like, yay, 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 yay. You know, I mean, I'm, I wanted to be funny, you know, and those guys are funny. And uh, Oh, my gosh. John Pankow. Yeah. 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 But, so, how do you, but then again, you know, how do you take one of the most popular songs from the musical that people know? Yes. Uh, oh, Brush Up Your Shakespeare. I know that one. Yeah. Do you really, though? Yeah, yeah. Do you really know? So, that? did you fight that fight? A little bit, but I oh, was. Did you? I did. I did. 
And they said, not a chance. You know, I mean, I, I came up with some alternate lyrics, you know. If you would respect your lady. No, no, something <laughs> like that. <laughs> it wasn't. But, I mean, it's still a song about – it would always be a song about, like, how to get a lady in the sack. But you don't have to punch her, kick her, and, you know, drag her and, you know. There's so many that. other you ways. Could, you know, I mean, yeah. it's all about how if you use Shakespeare, she'll, <laughs> she'll be – you know, she'll turn into jelly, which is very different than, you know – Puncher, forcer, you know, you know. Barbara, what are the what are the other ways? So <laughs> many. You said there's so that, many. That well, that's, that's a different podcast. That's a different. That's a different interview. That should be our. That's next our blue podcast. show. <laughs> our blue. Our blue podcast with Barbara. And that should be how you can use Shakespeare to turn them into jelly. Yes. Episode number one hundred and thirty-five. <laughs> oh, what a rogue! Yes. <laughs> Well, you guys are just delightful. And thank you so much for the show. I wish you the best of uh, breaking all legs uh, in, uh, for your run. And thank you so much for, for coming on the show. Pleasure. Thanks for having us. Will Chase plays the role of Fred Graham in the Broadway production of Kiss Me, Kate. He also plays Petruchio in Kiss Me, Kate's Show Within a Show production of The Taming of the Shrew. Composer, lyricist, writer Amanda Green added additional material to the script and worked with the production and creative team to rework Kiss Me Kate for a 21st century audience. They were interviewed by Barbara Bogave. Our podcast, My Horse, My Ox, My Ass, My Anything, was produced by Richard Paul. I thank Richard for his selection of these words from Taming of the Shrew as the title of this podcast. Garland Scott is the associate producer. It was edited by Gail Kern-Pastor. Ben Lauer is the web producer. We had technical help from Robert Ald, Helena DeGroote, Deb Stathopoulos, and Larry Josephson at the Radio Foundation Studios in New York. If you're enjoying Shakespeare Unlimited, and I'm going to bet that you are, please leave us a review on whatever platform you get the podcast from. That's a really important way to get the word out about what we're doing here, especially to people who don't know about the podcast already. Shakespeare Unlimited comes to you from the Folger Shakespeare Library. Home to the world's largest Shakespeare collection, the Folger is dedicated to advancing knowledge and the arts. You can find more about the Folger at our website, folger.edu. And if you find yourself visiting Washington, D.C., we hope you'll visit us on Capitol Hill. See a performance in our Elizabethan theater and come face to face with one of our first folios the first printed edition of Shakespeare's plays. We hope to see you here. Thanks for listening. For the Folger Shakespeare Library, I'm Folger director Michael Whitmore.